All right, we are live. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm I'm quite excited for this live stream. The, today we will be uh, hosting Antonio Vegas. He's an architect, BIM developer, and a primary developer of IFC.js, which uh, is the main focus of this session. He's dedicated and proactive architect with solid work experience in web development, Google Cloud and Revit API, as well as project management in New York, Germany, Sevilla and Alicante. He has been uh, an, uh, quite, quite an inspiration uh, in the developer community. And I've been uh, going through his post on how he started development of ifc.js. Uh, how his work is contributing to the open source movement in BIM. And it's quite amazing uh, to see. And I'm quite uh, happy to host uh, and Antonio uh, today. Yeah, thank you for the introduction. I'm very happy to be here. So could you tell us about yeah, what briefly, what inspired you to change uh, from conventional architecture role to software development? Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, it was pretty uh, not uh, not something I had like in my plans when I was doing the degree, because here the degree in Spain takes um, six whole years because we focus both on the technical and artistic side of things. And then after that, I worked in some studios, which you already mentioned, like in New York, Germany, in Spain as well. After that, I started working for Cype, which is the biggest BIM software um, company here in Spain. And uh, up to that point, I was just a regular architect. But then I started having breakfast or coffee breaks with computer engineers. And I was like in contact with the programming world. And I decided that, you know, um, I had to learn to program at least to be able to follow up the conversations in the morning. So yeah, I started there in the context of Revit API in C-Sharp to the point that I was even allowed by the company to do some commercial products for them. And after that, I like uh, I really liked that. And I obviously also realized that this had more uh, job opportunities than you know just a regular architect. And because it was something I loved, I decided to keep on that or, or keep learning that. and. Um, I started with web development and I wanted a project to get started with because you know that one thing is making uh, you know Udemy courses or small projects that nobody sees or perhaps only your friends. And another different thing is actually making a product that people use and people like send you messages saying, hey, this doesn't work for me and you have to leave support. Because something I learned in the software company I was working for was that when you develop a software, like 20% of the work is developing the software and then 40% uh, is maintaining the software and 40% is giving support to people that cannot execute the software because they have bugs or problems or whatever. So yeah, I wanted something. And to me, it, I was very familiar to the IFC schema because it was something that I used on a daily basis, more or less. So yeah. Um, I started a small project to be able to load IFCs in 3.js, which is a library that a lot of people use to create 3D scenes in the browsers. And that's started growing. 
uh, up to the point that uh, we are now three people or three main developers. And one thing that is important to note, and I want to say it here, that even though I am perhaps the most visible face on the project, that doesn't mean that I am the person that has written more lines of code. So keep in mind that if you take a look at the GitHub repos, you can see who the author is of each line. Just to be clear, because I'm aware that the other two developers, which are part of the project, which are Tom Van Diegelen and Harry Collin, are perhaps uh, more shy than I am. So yeah, sometimes it looks like I am the only one here, but we are three people. I mean, there are a lot of people, there have been a lot of contributions, but there's mainly three people working more or less on a daily basis on the project. So yeah, and now we are very happy. There, there are a lot of different companies approaching us because they want to learn more about the project. They want to start using it. So yeah, that's where we are now. Awesome, and I think uh, without much ado, I know we have we are gonna cover a lot of it behind the scenes and implementation. So I'll hand over to you for the showcase part. Um, yeah, great. Um, perhaps I can show you a little, little um, presentation, just very quick because this was something I already showed. But just to be sure that we are all in the same page, can you see my screen? Yep. Yeah, great. I'm going to be really quick here because this is something that I think has already been recorded. But anyway, um, just to be sure that, yes, we are all, that we all know that what I'm talking about. Because sometimes, you know, when you know something, you talk about it like everyone knows it. And sometimes it's more complicated than that. So, yeah, IFC.js. This is, by the way, the presentation we did for the Building Smart. Maybe you know that this year, the Building Smart International invited us to take part of the uh, spring summit they do every year so yeah this is the presentation we prepared for them and yeah to explain the project ifc.js was what is it because a lot of people think that we are developing a software but we are not developing a software we are developing a javascript library to read and load ifc files and here there are two terms that are really important, which are JavaScript and library. Um, because, uh, you know, JavaScript is a programming language. You may have heard of it. Uh, and it, this is the language that all internet browsers use uh, to have, like, to display the web pages that you see in your web browser no matter if you're using Google Chrome or Firefox or Microsoft Edge or whatever, uh, all the browsers use JavaScript. And this means that JavaScript is the language of internet browsers. So if maybe you know this already, but just to be sure that again, we are in the same page, um, every time you open Google Chrome, for example, and try to get to LinkedIn.com or we, no matter what page, what happens is that your browser use, uses certain technology to reach another computer in another part of the world that we call server. And this server contains the page that you're looking for. So actually what's happening is that you are asking this computer to handle your, your computer, the web that you are looking for. So this server says, okay, here's the page you're looking for. And then once you have it, what's inside the page is mainly JavaScript. 
Obviously, you also find other things such as HTML, CSS, and so on. But this is how internet works, right? Like there are two computers in different parts of the world. One is the client. And in this case, the client is the, the browser. And another one is the server, which is the computer that contains the content. Yeah. And the problem right now is that uh, if you don't use ifc.js, uh, if you want to uh, create a Beam viewer or a Beam application that works in the web, uh, all the libraries that you can find out there, or all the IFC libraries, because I mean, here I have to say that probably if you want to develop a Beam application, you want to communicate with other applications because probably you don't want to build an application that does the entire building, everything. So you probably want to import data from Revit, from Archicad and from other softwares. And this means that you probably want to work with IFC. So let's say that you want to build an application. So you want to communicate with IFC and this means importing and exporting IFC files. Uh, if you do that without the IFC.js, you have to take the IFC in the client or in the browser, send that to the server, because the problem here is that all the libraries that you can find out there for interpreting IFC uh, are designed for uh, native applications in languages like C Sharp, C++, and so on. And this means that this libraries can only be executed in a computer, not in a browser, because again, the browsers can only read JavaScript. So uh, if you have your IFC and you're using another IFC library, you send that to the client, to the, sorry, to the server. In the server, you have another application, which we call backend. And then once you have processed the IFC, you send that back to the client. And obviously this has a lot of problems uh, it is slow because every time you want to see an IFC in your browser, you need to send that to the server and then get the result back, which means that you have to, if the IFC is 500 megabytes, you have to upload 500 megabytes and then download 500 megabytes from the server. Uh, this also has other problems like scalability because the moment you have uh, hundreds or thousands of users, you need to design your server so that it is able to parse hundreds or thousands of IFC files at the same time, more or less. And this is a costly operation. So it means that you're going to have to run into scalability problems really, really fast. Um, so we, if you use ifc.js, and this is what makes us different from other libraries, because the library is fully written or at least fully compatible with JavaScript, you can execute it in the browser. And this means that you can convert any browser into a Beam application because you have your IFC and then you have the 3D and the data right away. You don't have to communicate with the server or send anything to anyone. You are completely autonomous. And this has a lot of advantages. For example, the implementation is super easy and you will see that in a moment. Also, you have architectural freedom because you are not forced to split your application between the client and the server. You can do everything in the browser and this is like, uh, creating a web page. Everything is in the web page. You don't need to rely on the communication with and so on. Supports offline apps because the moment that you know you are not relying on a server somewhere, you can create apps that can uh, interpret IFCs by itself, by themselves, without needing a, a, a server or a service. Uh, scalability because if you have uh, thousands or hundreds or of users. 
um, each user is responsible for displaying their own IFC, meaning that instead of having one single server that has to create 1,000 3D models, each one creates their own 3D model, and this is much easier. And speed, because you may ask, okay, all this sounds great, but why are you the first people that come uh, into like that have this approach? Why are you the first ones that, that try creating this in the browser directly? Uh, and the answer is that, um, you know, a lot of people think that browsers are not powerful enough to become Beam applications. Because if you think of another commercial applications like Revit, Archicad, or yeah, uh, you may think of Google Chrome like something really not powerful. But the reality is that some years ago, uh, there was a new technology, which is called uh, WebAssembly. And this allow, um, this allow us to create C++ and other languages, but mainly C++ applications that are almost as efficient or as performant as native applications, but can but can be executed inside browsers. And this means that ifc.js is almost as fast as any Beam viewer that you may find out there in the market. And when, say, when I say almost, I really mean it. And we can see that in a moment, but yeah. Um, so the other word I was talking about here was library. And again, here, if I talk about library, you may think of this. But this is something different. Library is code that we write, so you don't have to write that again. And this is something something super common in the development world. You find a library, which is code that someone writes, and he gives you that code so you can start working from that point. And this means solving problems only once because, you know, um, I mean, this is obviously my opinion, but nowadays you see a lot of people in LinkedIn uh, working with Dynamo in individual solutions for the individual studio. And in my opinion, this is not automation because everyone is solving the same problem over and over again individually, instead of like solving it once and giving everyone the results. So everyone have this problem already solved and can start working from that point. And in my opinion, this is the way we advance as a community or as humanity in general. Uh, every, one person does a discovery and the next person like don't have to walk that path again. And this is more or less the philosophy of ifc.js. So in summary, it is mainly a code that you can use to build Beam applications that work in the browser. You can also build that in the server if you want because JavaScript is also compatible with servers using Node and so on. But yeah, right now we are mainly focusing in browsers. And one thing that we show in this presentation, um, you can, I mean, everything we're doing is open on GitHub. So if you go to GitHub, you will see uh, my account, which is AG Viegas, which is my second surname. And if you go to repositories, you will see all the code that I, I will be showing you today. Um, one thing that we show in this building a smart presentation was uh, uh, an IC viewer that we have built in less than 100 lines of code. And this is something that if you don't know how to code, this may tell you nothing, but actually 100 lines of code is super small. Like it is a, a software that can fit in a paper, right? So this is it, like this, everything you're seeing here is a Beam application, nothing else. Like this is everything you need. And actually we can see how this application look if, if we go here in the GitHub and uh, click here. 
you will see that this is how this looks. Obviously, this is super simple because in 100 lines, you don't have a lot of space to create menus and so on. But if I select a file here and I open, a, I don't know, a simple file, you will see that it loads super fast and that we are able to see all the geometry. And later I will show you how to access the data of all the elements that we are loading. But this is fully working in Google Chrome. Like right now, Google Chrome, I have made Google Chrome a Beam application like Revit or Beam Vision or yeah, anything. And you can change this, you can adapt this. Obviously, you can take this 3D view and put this in your page or show that to your clients or use this to build your own platform that has a 3D viewer. And this is what it takes, only less than 100 lines of code. And if you take a look, a look at, at this code, you will see that it is a super simple code. It is using 3.js, which is another JavaScript library that a lot of people use to create 3D, 3D worlds in the browser. Uh, it is simply something that you can use and have a 3D right away without having to worry about you know, the low level details about how to build a 3D in the browser. You can create 3D without this, because, but, but it would take like thousands of lines of code. Using this is super simple. And if we take a look at, at, at the code here, you will see that the only thing I'm doing is I am importing 3.js here, a, a couple of objects. Uh, I am importing the control, and this is the object that I use to move around the scene. And I am importing the IFC loader. And, and one thing that you have to bear in mind is that IFC.js uh, has, or we have merged IFC.js with 3.js so that now we are part of the 3.js library. This doesn't mean that we only work with 3.js. You can, you can use ifc.js separately. If you have your own uh, 3D engine, you can use the core separately. But I mean, we have, because we have the code, we have give, given that to them. So now you can use the ifc.js directly inside 3.js. Yeah, this is simply an implementation detail, but keep in mind that we are part of 3.js as well. And you see that this is super simple because if I magnify this, you see that I create a new scene, I create a background color, um, I create a camera, I give the camera position, uh, I create some lights so that we can see something. And I mean, all of this, even though if you're not familiar with JavaScript, you this might look like strange to you, but really look that here, we don't have anything, like oh, everything is declarative. Uh, I don't have any, any loop, any if, any for, like everything is just, I create one light, I create a, a camera, I create a scene. And that's how easy it is to use ifc.js. And uh, yeah, this is the render. I mean, this is something you can, if you're curious about all of this code, you can have, you can find a lot of tutorials out there uh, that tell you how to build 3D scenes in the browser. But one, the page, the page that I use, um, to, to learn 3.js was this one. And this is a super simple page that um, walk you around the, gives you an overview of, of 3.js. But yeah, um, let's come here. Oh, sorry, I think that I, I, yeah, sorry. Let me put that somewhere else. Yeah, great. So yeah, um, you can see my screen, right? Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, and in the end, I mean, I am here, the, the only thing I'm doing in all of these lines, I am creating a, a 3D scene, nothing else. 
And in the end of everything here, in this little, uh, in here, I create the IFC loader. Uh, I specify the, the path of, of IFC.js. This is something that you can check in the documentation. It's super simple. Um, we have a file, which is the WebAssembly file. And you have to reference that to be able to, to load IFCs in your application. I mean, this is just this line. And what this means is that if, if I go back, uh, if I go back, you see that I have a WASM folder here. And here I have the web IFC WASM file, which is a file that you have to have in your application. This is everything that this, this line is doing. And yeah, uh, I create an input element, a simple, a simple uh, HTML input element, and I add an event listener so that when I upload a file, uh, I, I create the URL object of that file, and I load that inside the scene with scene.add geometry. And this is it. With only um, or less than 100 lines of code, you can have a fully functional 3D viewer that shows your building. And obviously, uh, you can load like any file you like. Uh, we are we are working to make this compliant with the whole IFC schema. Uh, there's still work to do. And I mean, I won't lie to you, this is a project that has been going on for some months. I think that the birth of this project was in 2021. So it's super young, super new, but we are super happy with, with the progress because we are able to load a lot of files. And even we are able to load big files and still have 60 FPS, which means that this is also valid for uh, applications where you need to load bigger IFC files. And up to that point, you might be wondering, okay, um, you're able to load the, you know, the, um, the models, but I want to access the information or the, you know, the data because, you know, BIM is model, but also information. And again, because this is something so new, this is something I did, I think last week. So it hasn't been committed yet to the library. You can find that in, if you go to GitHub, uh, and go to um, let let go to web IFC yeah web IFC three. This repository contains the IFC loader for 3.js, and here you will find the latest changes that we make. The problem is that every time we make a change, it takes one month or so, at least some weeks for 3.js to reflect that change. So. If you follow the tutorial that we have and try to make what I'm going to make right now, it might not work, but the reason for that is that if you go to 3.js and if you go to uh, issues, sorry, pull request, uh, and if you go to closed, let's see, yeah. Here you see that this has been recently merged and this means that it will go out in the next version, but it's not there yet. Just in case you try to follow the tutorial and say, hey, it's not working for me, the, you know, the property showing and everything I'm gonna show now because it's super new. Uh, so yeah, uh, here in this folder, but I mean, the code that I have here, and actually I can show you that. Uh, let, me, let me delete that actually and show you, imagine that you want to replicate what I'm going to show you now, like, hey, I want to uh, see that as well. Let me try that again. 
Yeah, I mean, imagine that you want to try ifc.js. So you have to go to web ifc3, this repository. This is where we store the majority of like, probably the code you're interested in is here. Later, I will talk about the architecture of the project, but for now, just stick with me. I want to show you the functionalities that we support and then I show you what repositories we have and this other stuff. So yeah, uh, what I'm going to do, I'm gonna control C this URL, this URL and I have Git installed. You know, Git is the system that GitHub uses. Like if you write Git download, you'll find this page and you can download Git. This is super easy. So I will go to this folder and I will download um, this file. So I'm gonna open a new terminal. And in this terminal, I'm gonna write git clone and the URL. So this is gonna take, you can do that in your house. I mean, this, this is something super easy. You see that this new folder appears automatically and it will download all the code that I have in GitHub. And if you go here, you will see all the files that we see when, when you're here, in here, you see that. And if I open that with the EDE that I use, in my case, it's Visual Studio Code. You can use any IDE of your like. Um, the first thing that I have to do, I'm not sure if you're familiar with web development, but if you want to do web development, you also have to have Node installed. And Node is uh, something that lets you execute JavaScript in your computer and something that you need to be able to like develop web applications. Basically, you can also come here, uh, download the current version, install it, and that's it. I mean, these are the only two things that you need to be able to do what I'm going to do now. So if I, this is this is Visual Studio Code, this is the project. Uh, if I write npm install, it will automatically install all dependencies. And this is something necessary for the, for the project to work. And, um, it should take no time, yeah, it's ready. And if I go to example, and this is something you can also see in GitHub, because again, it is exactly the same thing. So here you see also the example folder. You see that here we have built a super simple example that you can check to see how to build applications with uh, ifc.js. And again, let me magnify that. If you go to web ifc sync, here we have something super similar to the 100 lines of code that you saw before, but here we have the latest features. For example, you see that here we have logic to be able to get the properties of IFC items uh, to show the spatial structure of the project. And let me actually uncomment that. And this is, you know, all IFC files have this IFC project, IFC site, IFC building, and so on. But again, 130 lines of code, which is super small program. So in this case, what I'm doing, I am creating a Raycaster, which is a 3.js method to be able to click on stuff and to be able to, to get what you click. And I'm gonna write npm run build because I have uncommented these two lines. So for this to take effect, I have to do that. This is basic web development. I won't, I don't want to come go into detail because again, this is something you can find in the internet super easy anyway, if you have any questions. You don't hesitate to ask me whatever. And if I go here to the HTML, right click, and I will, uh, because I have leaf server installed, 
in your case, it might be different because uh, in Visual Studio Code, if you write Leaf Server in extensions, this is something that allows you to see web pages that you are developing locally in your computer. This is it, just that. And you can install it, it's totally free, everything is free. If, let me actually, because I'm not sure if I save. Yeah, it shouldn't take much time to load. But I mean, if I go to the HTML, right click, uh, open list server. You see that here again, we have a viewer, but, but here I have, we have the latest functionality. So let me open the Chrome developer tools, which is something I can open with F12. Uh, this is the Google Chrome developer tools. If you press F12 in any page in the internet, you get this. I have this in uh, dark mode, but you probably have this in, in, white, in, in white mode or in day mode. So if I select a file, let's select another file because uh, these are super, perhaps simple files. Let's select, for example, the um, Revit Advanced Architecture Sample Project. And this project is something you can find if, if you go to, and by the way, notice how fast this is. Again, this is something that is super fast. If you go to uh, Revit Sample Project, you can get this building here. And you can download that building and export that to IFC. This is the building that I will be showing now. And yeah, uh, it's here, like um, it's here. And here we have functionalities to be able to see the properties of elements and also to access to the whole structure of the IFC. So if I double click on something, in this case, I was, I was testing logic to make things transparent. So this is the reason why this is getting blue and transparent. But I mean, this is something you can customize however you want. You can make this opaque and red. You can make this transparent and green, whatever you like. And here, uh, notice that in the code, I am showing two things in the console, the properties and the structure of the project. Every time I click on something, I will lock on the console, the IFC project and the properties. So let's see how that looks. If I magnified it, you see that again, here we have the project. And if I open this, you see all the properties of the project. Uh, and not only that, you also see, because you know, again, that IFCs have IFC project, then they have IFC site. And here you have the IFC site. And again, I can go below the level and I can go to the IFC building entity. And here we have the IFC, we have one, two, three, four, five building storages. And each storage has the children of the objects that it contains, like the, the ground floor. Uh, for example, this is the, 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 the entry level. It has certain objects, which are these objects. These are the IDs of the objects. And I can access to the properties of these objects if I want to. Because again, this is something, one line of code, get, in, get spatial structure. And all this information is given here. Or the properties, get even properties. If I see the properties are here. In this case, it's an IFC slab. Um, and here we don't only get the, you know, the direct properties, we also get the property sets and the types and the indirect properties. Meaning that, um, let's see, let's see. Yeah, in this case, 
get item properties, comma, all true, oh, sorry. Yeah. If the second argument true means that I will also get the, the property sets of the element. Let, let, let's update that. Um, again, it should take not much because it's not a lot of code. But if we go back here and I reload the same building I was showing you before, um, we should be able to go to an element. Um, it can be any, any element. Like for example, let, let's take the, the um, this thing. Yeah, I've taken that. In the console, we see IFC railing. And again, here we see, you see that we have two property sets. And I can get into those property sets and see the, the you know, the if you have 100 property sets with the quantity data of the object of, or the material or whatever, you get that information here. And obviously the point of all of this is not this application because, I mean, if you take a look at, at this, it's super simple. But the point here is that if tomorrow you want to develop a Beam Viewer in, in your platform or in your web, or if you want to start a new Beam application, because imagine that you are an expert in structures or you're an expert in whatever, and you, you realize that you have the knowledge to build a useful Beam application, you can do that. And you don't have to worry about the 3D or worry about the IFC, because using IFC.js, you get both things right away. And you can only focus in what adds value to your business. Imagine that you want to build, for example, an application that is able to, I don't know, make energy analysis. You only focus on your expertise or area of expertise, in this case, energy analysis. And then you use IFC.js. You have the 3D, you can select elements, you can do stuff. Uh, and you have it, and it's something super easy. You see, it's in me, and if you start trying that, you will see that it's super easy to use. Uh, again, it's super new, so you might find some errors, perhaps. We are, we think that it's pretty robust, but perhaps, I don't know, you may come across errors. But in this case, we also have a Discord channel where we are super active. We speak every day in the Discord channel. And usually when someone has a problem, we try to solve that that same days. So, I mean, uh, we are an active community. We are, in my opinion, nice to people. So um, I, I think that this will probably change or hopefully change the beam market because right now, if you take a look in the you know beam ecosystem, you usually only see bigger players or at least players that has that have an, you know, a relative big size, like say you probably need at least one or two millions a year to be able to construct a company that is able to develop Beam applications. But using this library, anyone can do that. Like in one afternoon, you sit down and you have your custom Beam application that you can have it in the browser. And by the way, uh, I'm always talking about the, the browser, but this is not only for browsers. Uh, if you go to IFC, if you write in Google IFC JS docs, you will see this page. And this page is uh, the documentation we're building. It's super small for now because we haven't had, had the time to build this further. But if you go to intro, you will like 
you you'll you'll be able to see more or less what what I'm telling you here right now. And if you go down, you will see that this library uh, can be used in different environments because the the reality is that JavaScript is a language that can be executed literally anywhere. Like you can use that for the web, like like I'm showing you here. Uh, here, this is in a web, or perhaps you want to use that in the server. You, if you use Node.js, you can build build server applications using this technology. And obviously, the next thing that we want to do is to put this inside a Docker container, and perhaps in the future, even for Kubernetes, it's something interesting to have. So yeah, uh, also you can build desktop applications with this library because maybe you know Electron. Electron is a framework that you can use to build uh, desktop applications, both for um, Windows, Linux, and Mac, I think, just using JavaScript, HTML, and CSS. And this means that the same thing that I have here, you can have that as a desktop application that you, that you distribute and sell to your clients. Uh, one important thing is that and this is completely free and open source, meaning that you can use that both for your free time and also commercially at no cost. And even you can use that without like saying that you are using it. You don't have to credit us, even though obviously we will appreciate it if you do that, but you are not obliged to do that. Um, and finally, you can also build mobile applications because if you are familiar with React Native, you can use, um, um, JavaScript, uh, CSS, and HTML to be to build applications for mobiles, both Android and iOS, and also tablets. So the conclusion is that you can use, you can have this wherever you want. Like if you want to build a, a um, iPad application, a, a Beam iPad application for for I don't know, for example, to build to bring in this to the building site or doing something, you can do that. Um, so yeah, and re regarding the architecture of the project, right now we are trying to keep things organized, even though we are aware that we will need to put more effort into this. But right now we have four repositories. Web IFC, this is where the magic happens. This is written in C++, and we compile that with WebAssembly so it can be executed inside browsers. This is something you don't need to use because this is super complex and this is super, um, how to say it, uh, not developer friendly. So uh, this is the engine. Feel free to come into this repository and use that, but probably in your use case, you don't need to. Then we have WebIFC3, which is this, this thing that I'm showing here. And this is the repository that is the IFC loader for 3.js. This here, we take the engine and make a bridge with 3.js so you can see the 3D and so on. Then we have one last repository, which is uh, Web IFC Viewer. And here, because you know, we are aware that obviously each person wants to develop a different BIM application, but in a lot of cases, a lot of these BIM applications have common functionality and instead of letting the user, the same thing that I said with Dynamo before, instead of letting the user write the same code over and over again individually, we have that code here. So for example, say 
that you want to build an application that has clipping planes. I can come here, open a, a model. I don't know. I can open this model. And, and by the way, uh, I've, I have noticed that sometimes when I am sharing my screen in the, in the stream, you see some lag. But this is completely 60 FPS. Like if you see some lag in the viewport right now, it's because of I'm streaming, not because of the library. Because I realized that when I was watching the recordings of other interviews that we did. Uh, imagine that you want to develop clipping planes. If you use web, sorry, um, not this one. If you use web IVC viewer, you have the viewer and also tools that you can use in your application right away. For example, here we have a tool that is clipping planes. If I click here and I double click here, you see that I create a, a clipping plane that I can use to, 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 to uh, make something like that. And even in slope surfaces, we can do that. So this kind of cool stuff is something we are developing. So if tomorrow, one person that is not familiar with BIM applications wants to start developing a BIM application, they can do that and they even have the tools to populate the, 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 the toolbar. You know, you don't have to build everything from scratch. You already have everything you need to build your application and just focus on your specific functionality or your specific use case. So yeah, uh, and well, fi finally we have one last repository that is something that one user did that makes this compatible with Babylon.js. Babylon.js is another is an alternative to 3.js. It's another 3D library. I don't perhaps you're familiar with that. It's just the same way that we have Mac, Linux, and Windows. Uh, in 3D, you have 3.js and Babylon.js. It's an alternative. And we are also compatible with this library, just, just saying. And yeah, uh, that's more or less in a super quick way, the how, how things are going and what this break is. So perhaps you have some questions or anyone has questions. Yeah, um, I, I think it's, there's a lot of stuff to absorb and I, I really liked uh, the whole uh, functionality and the advantages uh, using this library and workflow. Uh, since like uh, you're already sharing the screen, I, I'm curious yeah. like, uh, so, the model is able to read high-level uh, architecture, like properties of various elements. Can you briefly show us how you have defined those uh, functions in IFC Loader? So there was one, let's say, function of get item properties. However, yeah, right now, if yeah. you go, if you go, if you use the, if you go, okay. I mean, we are documenting this right now. So if you wait, if you wait one week you will find a lot more information that you will find today. So if, if, if anyone is curious about this, I suggest you to wait. But in this file, we have the definition of the API in ifcloader.d.ts in webifc3. And in this file, you will see the functions that we have. You will see that we don't have many functions. We only have these functions. But I think this is a good thing because this means that the library is something easy to use and you don't have to learn a whole, like you don't have to pay a thousand dollars to make a master on how to use this library. You can just download it and start using it right away. And yeah, I mean, this is forgetting the, for example, the idea of the element, uh, but the, the two functions that you're probably talking about are this one, 
get item properties is what we use to get the properties of the elements. And here you have different arguments. Uh, this is the ID. This is something you have to give to specify the element that you want to find the properties about. All means that you don't only get the properties that are native, you also get the property sets and the type and other indirect properties. Because in IFC, you find two kinds of properties, the native properties and then the property sets that can be defined by the user and so on. If, you, if all is true, you get also these property sets. And recursive means that um, I'm not sure if you have ever opened an IFC file yourself in a text editor, but you find a lot of entities and each entity references other entities. If recursive is true, every time we find a reference to other entity, we, instead of giving you the reference or the ID, we look for that entity and put that inside. So you have like the whole tree. And this means that if, if recursive is true, um, the, the response is much bigger, but you have all the information. It's like extracting a whole chunk of data of the IFC. So to use that simply, um, yeah, you can see that here. Uh, I am getting the ID of the, of the this is, this is 3.js logic. You can, I mean, if you go to the, to the repository, you will find this code and this is simple JS code. And what I'm, sorry, uh, 3.js code. I am using the Raycaster and the Raycaster, I am throwing array and I am getting the array of elements that this ray uh, hits with. So when I have this array of elements, I, I say, okay, if I have more, I mean, if I have more than zero elements, uh, I get the closest item to the camera, which is the item that I have, you know, when you click on something, you generally want the closest item to the camera. And once I have this item, I get the ID. And once I have the ID, uh, I use that ID to get the properties of that element using simply get item properties. So it's three steps. First, I use the recaster, then I get the ID. And then once I have the ID, I get the properties, more or less. I see. And so for example, there are uh, defined functions in the .ts file. So yeah. one, one should know the what are the arguments in order to use it, right? That's what I, what I am writing right now. Okay. I am writing the documentation. So when you, right now, and I don't have it here, so unfortunately I cannot show you that, but hopefully today or tomorrow, I will bring that changes to the library. So now when you use this function, right now you don't see anything. Like if I do this, if I do this, you don't see anything. You just see this, but now we will have a whole text explaining you what the function is, what the arguments are, and even some examples. So this is something, again, because this is so fast, um, this is something I'm doing today, this yeah. morning, actually. So yeah. Interesting. And so if I get it right, like I was reading about it. So the code is written in C sharp and then using Enscripten, it's converting into .wasm file. And it's written in C++. Oh, C++. And we have like a JavaScript loader, which reads the .wsm file. And then you have IFC loader. So 
is it like same analogy that in 3.js you uh, load a scene first and then add geometry lighting in that scene so similarly in yeah, load ifc loader i haven't said it but if you go to the documentation you have a guide and this is again super short we plan to do this uh, longer and with more information but again this is something i did in one afternoon i think so i didn't have the time but here you have the step by step how to configure your project from scratch the only thing you have to worry about is using the loader and calling the load function because then we do everything i mean everything you need to do we do that behind the scenes and if you want to know how we do it, what is happening is we have this .wasm file that we generate with Encrypt and script them. We take the data of the IFC. We, and in, inside this wasm file, we have all the data that we have designed in, in C++. So we, this is like the engine of the library. And we, we give the IFC to that engine and we get all the data back. And once we have the data, we construct 3.js geometry using that data. This is more or less how this works. But you don't have to worry about that. This is something we do behind the scenes. I see. Yeah. And I think uh, when you were giving the presentation, I, I was able to visualize a lot of possibilities and feature functionality. So like, because it's in 3.js, I could easily like do camera animation and write a uh, function for it so even one could give like client walkthrough uh, video using uh, this library um, yeah exactly the thing is that because we are using 3.js you can do like anything you want like for example here we also have something that I mean this is super uh, not finished okay but we develop a tool that is able to yeah I mean this, we have to correct because the, the grid is rendering on top of this but we created a tool that, that is able to render this as an edge, like when you see in Revit, you know, the these lines and so on. And this is something that can be done again in less than 100 lines of code. So using 3.js lets you do super cool stuff with super easily with not a lot of code. Yeah. Uh, we have two questions uh, on the chat, I'll ask that, but I have one uh, thing I, I was curious. So we are taking material properties from IFC and rendering it in 3JS using, I guess, WebGL. So what if like there are some material properties in IFC which are not uh, 3JS compatible? Uh, that's never the case because usually when we talk about materials in IFC, you have uh, red, green, blue, and transparency, and that's it. You don't have, I think IFC doesn't support textures yet. And I think that you usually don't have more than that. I mean, the materials is something super easy that we don't, we haven't encountered any problem with that yet. Yeah, I was thinking in terms of texture because people do a lot of custom texture in Revit. Yeah, if I am if I am right, I think that IFC doesn't support textures yet because you don't have UV coordinates or anything like that. So I see. Okay, so we the question from Sujay is. Is it possible to save IFC file on the cloud and share a fork link of the viewer with the model loaded in it? Yes. Uh, he's asking like a follow-up question. Is it possible yeah, for uh, the- actually, actually, if you go to Google and write 3.js IFC, 
you will see here the example that we provided 3.js with to show the loader. Um, and if you open that example and, and wait for some time, and this is an, again an old version that they will release the new version like hopefully this weeks. But I think that if I, because this is something they touch, I'm not like, it, it takes a little bit to load. I'm not sure why, because uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, now it's loading. So, I mean, this is something that they modified. So I'm not fully aware why we have to wait like a little bit, but you can have a web with the model right away. And when the user opens the web, it has the model there. It's super easy because I mean, the only difference is that here I am using an HTML input element to load the model, this, this, this element. But you can have the model in your code or in the cloud. And actually, let me show you something. Uh, another thing that we also developed a short time ago was this. Um, oh, actually, this is, oh yeah. Yeah, and, uh, this, this uh, Dropbox integration. And this means that you can have models in Dropbox and perhaps in the future, we also do an integration with Google Drive or whatever. And yeah, for example, let's, let's load this one. And what should happen is that it fetches my data in Dropbox directly, which is IFC, nothing, not, no intermediate format or anything. It downloads that data and once downloaded, it loads that in the scene. So you can build a custom solution. You can have your data in Google Drive, in Dropbox, or whatever you want, or in Google Cloud Platform. And have you can build a full common data environment using this library to display the data that you have. Yeah. So basically, all the compute is done locally, right? Yes. When you use ifc.js in the browser, um, everything is done by the browser. Um, but you can also do that in the backend if you like, because you can use JavaScript in the backend. And by the way, I, I'm aware that Harry, one of the other two developers that are working with me, managed to put ifc.js inside AWS Lambda, which is the managed service for Amazon Web Services. And that means that in the, in the server, it's rendering the thing and the client does, doesn't have to do anything. So you can also build these kind of solutions. And how does that work for a mobile application? Because like the compute on phone would be really less. Yeah, again, for small IFCs, uh, we have found that mobile phones are, I mean, it depends if you're talking about tablets or just phones. Tablets are actually quite capable of parsing and showing up to middle-sized IFC files. Uh, when it comes to smaller devices or perhaps older devices, you can do what I have just told you. You can build in Amazon Web Services or um, Google Cloud Platform or even DigitalOcean or this, you know, this cloud computing services. You can put ifc.js there and make the computer, the, the com compute the things there and send the result to the client. So the mobile phone doesn't have to do anything at all. Got it. And I, I remember you mentioned in one of uh, your previous interview that someone asked, is the, can one, someone build geometry or is the BIM data editable? And you showcase there is some functionality in 3, 3JS where they are allowing edit. So uh, I'm curious, like right now we are reading the IFC data, we are reading the properties. Are, can we override the properties? Yes. 
we can override the properties and write a new IFC file that like with your properties overwritten. And you can write new properties. You have to know what you are doing because you are like writing the IFC using functions and so on, but you are writing the IFC. So like if you create something that is not compliant with the schema, we are not testing that yet because again, we are super young, but you can, you can overwrite properties really easily. Yeah. And I can do it in like uh, the Chrome inspect element or do I need to go to the IFC file to do it? No, 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 no. I mean, obviously what I'm showing you here is something that like, it's just for showing the functionality, but the same thing that like, I mean, perhaps this is not clear. Um, here I am showing the properties. I am showing the properties in, um, uh, this error is because I opened the open file and then I closed that, okay? This is just for, because of that. Um, these properties I am displaying in the Google, the, in Chrome developer tools. You can build HTML and CSS menus and display that as if it was a full Beam application. I mean, you don't rely on this. You can create your own Beam application that works in the browser and that allow users to see all the properties and, and then go to a property and overwrite that. We don't have examples for that yet because again, we are only three people and this is a big project, but um, yes, the answer is, can I create Beam applications that read and write IOC files? Yes. Got it. And we have a question from Leonardo. Uh, what version of IFCJS, like which IFC version you're working right now? We we are using the, to create the schema because we are not implementing the schema by hand. We are using the express definition file released by the building smart. So we are um, compatible both with um, IFC 4 and IFC 3.2. So yeah, I mean, 99% of the IFCs were compatible with them. Yeah. And I was wondering, since we have all the IFC properties, uh, how challenging would it be to write a filter function? So, okay, select all the columns uh, in the BIM model, because maybe viewing through properties or sorting yeah, yeah. or I grouping. Mean, we don't have, again, examples for that, but we have, for example, one function that gives you, um, ah, I don't have it here yet, but we have one function that gives you all the objects of the specified type, like give me all the walls or give me all the whatever. We have one function that does that. And with this function, you can traverse all the walls of the building and just with JavaScript, the same way that you work when you build web applications, you can say, okay, I want to filter this list to only the elements that are in the ground floor. And then you have all the IDs of the elements that are in the ground floor. So you can do literally whatever you want just using JavaScript and you know the all the JavaScript syntax or TypeScript, obviously. Got it. And I saw like one of the issue where someone was working with Power BI and I think it would be quite interesting if like once we view the properties or once we group it, we can export to Excel or create like a visualization on top of it. Yeah, I mean, this is because this project is pure JavaScript. The 
possibilities are endless. Like literally I could sit down tomorrow and write a tool that is able to export all the IFC properties to an Excel or to a SQL database or a MongoDB database or whatever. Like literally we can do anything. The problem here is not the boundaries. The problem here is the time because again, we have been doing this less than half a year. And um, I mean, our hope is that tomorrow I, to not tomorrow, but you know, the day of tomorrow, we will have people joining the project and doing useful stuff so that other people can enjoy that. And also not only individual people, but also companies. Maybe you are aware that I think there's one company called uh, 3DX Studio or something like that, that just released their B, um, BCF writer and reader. And this means that this library is already compatible with BCF as well. And this is something super useful. So my hope is that tomorrow everyone will be, you know, to me, this is the opposite thing to Dynamo. Instead of everyone doing their individual solution individually in their home in private, everyone contributing to the project so that we all can perhaps build a more, uh, what do you say, a more populated ecosystem where you find players from all sizes and not only big players, you know? That's our hope. Yeah, and yeah, I, I really resonated when you said like, like one should not reinvent the wheel if someone has figured out like encode it into a function, give it into the library so other people can easily deploy. Exactly, and for example, when you said about Power BI, to be honest, I have no experience with Power BI and no, no, nobody of the team is familiar with it. So obviously we can, uh, learn it and then write something for making the integration with, I'm sure that can be done super easily. But instead of doing that, for example, right now I am documenting everything more and I am creating more functions to be able to fetch the properties with, with more power. And I think this has more benefit to that. So I'm aware that some users say, hey, why haven't you done the Power B integration yet? My answer is because it only benefits a small set of people. And perhaps tomorrow I have the time and I do that. Or perhaps tomorrow you, that you want this to happen, instead of just asking for it, you sit down and do that because it's just JavaScript. So, and we help you do that. So yeah, that's how open source works, more or less. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a use case or a feature, but I will definitely more than happy to contribute to some functions. Uh, I, I think one uh, thing I was thinking, how about collaborative modeling? Like, is it is it uh, able to, can we facilitate that? Collaborative modeling. So for example, if, if I have a team of five people and I'm hosting this IFC file locally, but I want all those five people to go to and like edit or build models on the web. You you mean creating a being real-time application where everyone sees the changes in real time? Mm -hmm. That's like a chat application that can be done. I mean, really, I think that sometimes we are super lost thinking that, you know, when you think of, I don't know, Revit, you think that Beam applications are limited to that. But, you know, when it comes to web, you can like literally, can you build a collaborative application where everyone can contribute at the same time? Yeah, that's that sounds like a chat application, right? And it's it's the same technology more or less. 
an, or a, I mean, an online game, it's exactly that, right? A lot of people in the same application and everyone see the changes in real time. So that's something that can be done like definitely, I have no doubt. Um, if someone asks for that, my answer would be, okay, maybe we do that in the future or maybe one company do that in the future and open source that. No idea, no idea, but my, I mean, I think that here the, you know, the individual features are not that important. The important thing is to think that we can have a tool that allow literally anyone. And when I say anyone, I mean an architect that, that knows a little bit about coding or a computer engineer that knows a little bit about, about architecture or even someone that knows a little bit of coding and a little, a little bit about architecture to build BIM applications that can communicate with all the major big player applications and that can write data that can be read by those applications. And to me, this is super uh, valuable. Yeah, and because I think 3GS, like one could also insert sun, we could, one could like develop slider where they can do the sun movement and study the shadow properties in that file. Like a lot of like building performance aspect could also be integrated. And I'm thinking how like how Rhino common JS could also work together and provide some those functions into the modeling aspect as well. Yeah, really. I mean, here we are only talking about um, JavaScript data or JSON or however you want to call it. What can you do with JSON? You can do whatever. I can take a whole IFC and put that in a data database if I want. And this is super easy. Or I can take Rhino and make an integration or the Revit API and make an integration using HTTP requests and responses. So yeah, uh, you can use that for whatever you want because this is, I mean, obviously here you are seeing the geometry and this is super amazing, but remember that you also have access to reading and writing all the data. And this gives you power to build whatever you want. Okay. I think uh, those are the questions we have in the chat. On YouTube, there is one question. How do you use IFCGS without using 3GS? Uh, I mean, like uh, IFCGS as an engine in backend. Yeah, for that, you would need to go to Web IFC and use that directly. Nevertheless, keep in mind that even for using this in the backend, you can execute 3.js in the backend and render the scene there and then send the result to the... We will make an example about how this works. If you ask me, how can I use this without 3.js? My answer is, okay, perhaps you don't like 3.js for some reason. We are also compatible with Babylon.js. That's one scenario, and you can use the Babylon version, which is exactly the same. Another scenario, perhaps you want to build a desktop application. In this case, again, you can use Electron, which is super easy to use. And you can, like, the third scenario is you want to build a desktop application that uses OpenGL. And this is super hard. Like, this is by no means something easy. In this case, you have to go to WebIFC, download this code. And uh, yeah, we don't have any examples on this. And honestly, we haven't uh, tried that. This is obviously compatible with any desktop application because it's just C++. You can normally compile. 
my answer is give it a try and ask in the Discord channel so we can help you with that. But yeah, you, we are not coupled to 3.js. You can use that separately. Um, one example of that, maybe you're familiar with Xeokit. You know that? The, the, um, yeah, Xeokit is a, a tool that a lot of people use to, to view IFC files in the, in the browser. And I think that he's in one of the versions. Now he's using uh, WebIFC directly. He's, he's using this repository directly to be able to, to read and write IFC files. So this is one example of one person that took this repository and used that right away instead of using the adapted versions or you know the easier versions. Awesome. Like uh, I think after this session and also looking at your development, I'm super excited and pumped to develop use cases and more functions on top of it. So the last question I have for today's session is, what is your piece of advice for the architectural computational designers or uh, BIM developers who are interested to learn more about software development? My advice would be, um, I mean, obviously this is my personal opinion. So, I mean, don't take this as the, you know, what you have to do. This is what has worked in my specific use case, my life, but this doesn't mean that it is the way you have to go. Uh, in my opinion, um, if I had to give an advice to someone that has an architectural background or an engineering background that wants to learn to code, I would say, imagine that you are not an architect or that you are not an engineer. And this means don't pay for the 1,000, 2,000 masters that tell you, hey, BIM programming, because usually my experience is that when you get into these kind of courses, they, they, they teach you bad programming practices and they, they, they teach you something like, I am aware that this is easier because they give you everything you need to start working. But um, the, the way that I learned to code, and I have been coding for less than two years, so I am a beginner, so to say, um, is doing programming courses for programmers, not programming courses for architects or programming courses for engineers. And if you want any recommendation, I'm super happy with uh, Mosh Hamedani, for example, with it, which is a super famous code teacher. Also Maximilian Schwarzmüller. I can give you the names afterward if someone is interested in that. They are all in Udemy, I think. And uh, if you wait for a, how do you say, a, um, a bargain day in Udemy, you get all the courses for 10 bucks, which is super nice. And also in YouTube, you have a lot of free content. So yeah, my advice is avoid the courses that are programming for BIM, for BIM and try to stick for programming for programmers, just like that. Great. And also like uh, one trap I used to fall in trap, uh, like do is like when there are a lot of courses, when starts watching videos, but if, if there's no project to implement, like that skills uh, are not utilized. Like, for example, one uh, thing I found someone wrote was, even if you don't know the whole language, let's say JavaScript, do a couple of lessons, find a project to implement. And once you start implementing it, you'll Google a lot of problems which comes along the way and you learn mm -hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. Making projects is super important. and. Um... Uh, writing a lot of questions in like Stack Overflow and 
read a lot of Instagram. So this is the best learning resource. Awesome. Uh, thanks a lot, Antonio, for your time to do this session. It was amazing. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, anytime. Uh, if you need anything, you or any of the uh, viewers, feel free to contact me directly. I'm in LinkedIn. You can find me there and also in Twitter. And I am super happy to help you with or answer the questions you have regarding the project or anything you want to talk about. So yeah, thank you for inviting me and having me here. It was super fun. Yeah, I'll also share the Discord link and your contact information in the video description so people can great. reach out to you. Yeah, great. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Have a nice rest of your day. Great. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.